May 30, 2021. Encourage one another. Week 3. One Another Series. Well, my name is Kevin, if we've never met, and it's an honor to be with you here today. I want to start off with this thought. Did you know that on average, 16,000 words come out of your mouth each day? Now, for some of you, you're thinking, wait a second, I'm an introvert, that's not me. Well, maybe you bring the average down because there's others of you. Let's just say you have a lot to say, right? You know who you are. And regardless of our word count, how many words we speak in a day, we all have one thing in common, that our words have tremendous power. I forget that. My words, your words have tremendous power. In fact, listen to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says this, that the tongue contains the power of life and death. The tongue. And you know, like me, that a timely word can bring refreshing life, can restore someone when they're at their low. And at the same time, a destructive word, a sharp word, can cut someone down, can destroy what's going on in someone. Our words, they're powerful, and they leave marks, whether good or bad. Now, I think back to when I was growing up and specific instances and people and times where people spoke encouraging words to me. My parents, teachers, coaches. I can think of one particular time when I was in high school just a really shy kid, didn't like to speak, didn't like to talk. The idea of even being up on stage just freaked me out. And as I was growing up, I had an English teacher. She was awesome. And one day after class, she pulled me aside, and we had to read out loud in class. You know those days back in high school? Like, hey, let's read the Canterbury Tales or whatever. And, and someone had to read out, and someone else had to read. And so I read out loud. And she pulled me aside, and she said, Kevin, man, you need to speak up more. Like, I really love the sound of your voice. And as, as a shy kid who was awkward, just coming out of puberty, my voice was just like cracking, like all these different things, just really awkward. It meant something to me. In fact, she was the first person who said, Kevin, you're, I love the sound of your voice. You need to speak more. In fact, she said, Kevin, you ever thought about like even using your voice or possibly going into radio? And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Whatever. But, but her words formed me. Like, they, they help shape who I am today. Now, on the other side of that, I remember also a neighbor when I was in high school. This person just spewed, like, just destructive language. Like, one of the grumpy guy, just, just toxic. And I remember being hurt by him. And I remember just other peers growing up in school, words that people said that just cringed me, that left scars on me, hurtful words, destructive words. And come to find out my neighbor back in that day, comes to find out that his context where he grew up and that he was hurt by somebody so deeply, he was just reciprocating what was happening to him. That painful people, hurt people, hurt people. That's, that's what he knew. That's all he knew. And, and that in itself even shaped me. I remember those good words. I remember those cutting words. So I want to ask you, think about your life. Think about people who have spoken both incredible words of life to you and at a timely time when you needed it. 
It shaped you. And then think about people in your life that also did the, outer, the, the counter of that, that spoke difficult words, harsh words, maybe people that you loved. Our words are crazy, crazy powerful. Too often, I know for me, I wish I could pull back words that come out of my mouth to people that I care about, and I wish I could pull them back in, but that's not the case. We are careless with our words so often. I once heard it said that our words, they're a lot like toothpaste, right? Once you get them out of the tube, there's no putting it back in. Once they're out, they're out there. So today, we're continuing a series called One Another, And over the course of this series, we've been looking at different ways that Scripture, that God tells us how we are to love one another. And over the the course of the series, we've been looking at over each week just one of the one another's found in Scripture. And in the New Testament, there are 59 one another's. Love one another, serve one another. Last week, we talked about uh, honoring and submitting to one another. The week before that, we talked about how to show hospitality towards one another. Because Jesus said, hey, the most important thing in this world, in life, is to love God and to love others, love one another. And so this is something we cannot miss, that we can't get wrong. And luckily, the scriptures tell us what it looks like. So the question we're asking in this series really is this, how well are we one anothering one another? How well are we doing this? Because this is not just a suggestion, this is a command and one of the most important things that Jesus says. So today I want to look at another one another to show and to, to walk with you as I'm learning as well what it means to be a follower of Christ who truly loves God and loves others. God, we pray in these moments May the words of our mouth, God, our meditation of our hearts, may they be pleasing to you. May you meet with us now in such a powerful way that we would know your truth and respond to that by the power of your spirit to not just know but do in obedience what you called us to do. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to take your Bibles or your phone or your app, whatever you use, and the scriptures will be on the screen. We're going to look at two verses today in particular as our key hone-in verses found in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. It says this on the screens. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Did you hear that? Let's stop right there before we continue on verse 13. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Because if we're honest, this verse speaks to me because we live in a world where sin and brokenness are all around us. And very often, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a tendency to kind of drift I'm prone to wander, to turn away from the God that I love and to get sucked into the negativity of this world that we live in and the culture that's all around us. But remember, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and the message will be on the screens. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit right into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. 
you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. This, what we're talking about today, is what God wants from us. That the Spirit will enable us to respond. And unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, no, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-informed maturity in you. But the problem is, as I stated before, that we live in a broken world that tries to pull us down, tries to suck us into its standard of selfishness and despair, where the natural response to pain is to dish out more pain, is to, to, to make us feel better, to get revenge. That's the response of our culture. But in doing so, sin thrives. Right? And, and, and it steals our joy. It distorts our perspective. It destroys our relationships and it hinders God's plan for our lives. But the rest of Hebrews chapter 3, continuing in verse 13, gives us a remedy for how we are to overcome this problem of sin and this, this tendency to get sucked into the culture. And this is what it is. Listen, verse 13 of Hebrews 3. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness did you hear that this is the solution this is the remedy as roman says that this is what god wants us to do how he wants us to respond encourage one another Daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So the scripture is very clear. And today's big idea, if you get nothing else today, it's this. We are to encourage one another daily. Encourage one another daily. And to encourage simply means this. It means to, to make strong, or I love this definition, to instill courage. In others, to instill courage, to contribute to the growth of someone else. And the goal, the ultimate goal of encouragement is to point someone's heart toward God. See, it's so much more than just being nice to someone and complimenting on their, their fashion sense or, or their haircut. No, encouragement, it brings us back to the reality that there is more going on, that God's not done that he has a purpose and he has a plan and he is still working. Even though we don't see it, he's still working. Even though we don't feel it, he's still working. So don't give up. That's what encouragement does. That's why that song is so powerful that we just sang together. He's not done. God is always active. Don't forget that. And this is all to avoid our hearts from being hardened by sin's deceitfulness, as that verse says. Because sin lies to us. It has from the very beginning. It says that the difficulties of this life are stronger than God's power. That the pleasures of this life are more satisfying than God's presence. In other words, sin tells us that what you see and what you're experiencing in this life, that's all that there is. This is what it is. This is life. That's a lie. That is not true. God says he has more in store. That he uses even painful things to bring about his inc incredible plan and purpose in your life. 
God commands his people to encourage one another because he knows that we all need it. In fact, Jesus himself says in John 16, 33, it'll be on the screen, he said this, in this world, you will, not maybe, you will have trouble. It's not gonna be easy. But he doesn't stop there. He continues on by giving a word of encouragement. And he says this, but take heart. Let me instill courage in you. Let me, let me remember, let me, let me make you strong by remembering that I have overcome the world. That this isn't it. There's more in store. See, encouragement is designed to counter the negativity and the self-centeredness of our culture. And as followers of Christ, we are called to create culture. We are invited to work with the Holy Spirit, to co-author with him, to bring about God's kingdom culture here today in our world, in our relationships now. That's why we're here. That's a part of the gospel. That's a part of us being saved and learning what it means to be in relationship with God, in relationship with one another, in the power of the gospel. See, encouragement is a weapon at our disposal to battle sin and selfishness that brings healing in the midst of pain for everybody involved. Scripture tells us that it doesn't just build up our faith, but it builds up the faith in others as well as we encourage. Listen, Proverbs 11.25 says this, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. There's something contagious about encouragement. It just keeps going and going and going because we understand that refreshment and want to receive and give that. You look back in April when we read through the book of Acts together as a church family and right after Easter, one of the core values of the early church as it was birthed and began was the idea of encouragement. In the first six or seven chapters of the book of Acts, you can actually see the encouragement coming off the pages that it talks about this as a value. There was even a guy named Barnabas whose nickname was Son of Encouragement. Who doesn't want to be around someone like that? Everybody loves to be around somebody who's encouraging. And so encouragement has been one of the core values of the church and, and spurring one another on in grace and, and faith and hope and love. And it continues to be a key ingredient today in our church and in the church universal. I once heard one pastor put it this way. He said, when encouragement is absent from the life of the church, people often feel unloved, unimportant, useless, and forgotten. See, God knows his people are in need of grace-filled reminders. So he calls all of us to encourage one another every day until Jesus returns. Encouragement is like oxygen in the life of a church. It keeps hearts beating, it keeps minds clear, and it keeps hands inspired to serve. There's crazy, incredible kingdom power in your words of encouragement and God is commanding us to be people of encouragement every single day. You know, I was, I was taught growing up, growing up in a Christian family and in a, just an incredible home, I was taught the power of encouragement, both in my family context and also in my church family context. You know, I grew up, I was the oldest of four siblings. I had three younger sisters. And 
if you ever grew up in a family, you, you know from time to time that there's some fighting that happens between siblings. Am I right? Some rivalries, those different things. And, and so it's very easy for us, as I said, be, to be careless with our words. But in my family, from the moment that we remember anything, my parents instilled in us, whenever there was a cutting word, destructive word, my parents made us stop right then and there and give seven encouraging words on the spot. And you couldn't just compliment the person on their shoes or their haircut. You had to say seven positive things about them, words of encouragement. Because statistics tell us For every negative word, it takes seven positive to even out the scale. That's how destructive words can be. So that was the home life that we grew up in. So there were many times, as hard as it was, that's how we lived and that's how we loved well. It it was difficult, if I'm totally honest with you, but it did something in us. It it healed our hearts. It it mended our, our relationships together that... I have such a great relationship with my siblings and my mom and dad now because I believe that's one of the core values we were taught growing up. And if that's something that you're like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could go back in time. Can I tell you, it can start today. It can start now for you with your kids, your grandkids, your whatever your family unit is. It can begin now. You just have to set the standard and you'll see a change. So I saw it play out, the power of encouragement in my own family. And then at the same time, in my church family context, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid. I'm now a pastor myself, and I've been in ministry for 21 years. One of the things that my dad instilled into me and so many other mentors in ministry, this idea of encouragement, they, they told me, Kevin, for every good day, there's going to be a handful of hard days. Oh, there, there'll be plenty of difficult days. And so from the very beginning, 21 years ago, I made it a discipline, a practice that whenever somebody sent me a a word of encouragement, whether it's an email, a note, a card, I have saved and printed out every single one of those and saved them in a file folder in my office. You can look and see them right now today. Because there's days when life is hard, when ministry is hard, and I forget that in the good days, there's also bad days. And in the bad days, I question, is what I'm even doing like relevant or real? Is God even using me at all? Should I be doing this? I can go back to that file folder and I could pull out stuff from decades ago and stuff I've received two weeks ago. Can I tell you, it, it ministers to me. It, it, it does something to me. It's, it reminds me of who God is, that he is not done, that the world is is his, that he's got a better plan than I can imagine. So I encourage you, maybe for you, one of those two things, the context that I grew up in, in my family and my church family, use those because there's incredible power and encouragement and God knows how powerful, how kingdom building encouragement is. He doesn't just, like I said before, recommend it. He commands it. So listen again. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. I want you just to close your eyes, just so you're free from distractions. Think about these words. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. 
so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. As long as it's called today, encourage today and every day. So it begs the question, now that we know this, I'm a very practical person, what, what does God want us to do? And the question I want to ask you or questions I want to ask you is, what is the Holy Spirit asking you to do today? Who is God asking you and how is God asking you to encourage them? You know, there's not just one right way to encourage people. There's plenty of ways. And I, I want to give you, as we wrap up our time here, I want to give you four steps that you can take beginning today. I'm going to ask if you write these down somewhere, maybe even put them in your phone. Four steps that you can take to be a person of encouragement, to live out this principle, to build God's kingdom here and now. The first one is this. Be honest with yourself. That's the first step. Maybe today, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever your time is when you spend time with God, be honest, God knows, but be honest with yourself and ask yourself maybe these questions. Am I being deceived by sin? Am I believing the worst about God, about relationships, about the church, about the world? Am I growing cynical, bitter, or overly negative? Am I getting sucked into the culture around me? I heard someone tell me one time that a critical spirit is not the Holy Spirit. A critical spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Second, the second step I'd ask you to take is ask God to make you an encourager. If you answer yes to any of those above questions, Ask God to change your heart, to give you a new heart for, to love others and to encourage one another, to repent, to turn around and to go in a new direction, his direction. And number three, ask the Holy Spirit who and how are you to encourage? What does that look like? Like maybe for you, for me, I know I just look through my phone. I look at my contacts. I look at the favorite people I have in my life. Have I encouraged them recently? Or maybe looking through your photo album or, or maybe the photos on your phone. Who have you hung out with in the last month or week that God is prompting you? I've put you in their life for you to be an encourager to them. Or maybe it means that you just simply use scripture. Because someone might say, Kevin, I, I understand what you're saying. Man, this, I need to be reminded of this, but I don't know what to say. Not, I don't have the gift of encouragement. Some people have this gift, others don't. That's okay, but we're all called to still encourage. But maybe it means you take a piece of scripture, a verse, something that God has used to encourage you, and you pass it forward. You pay it forward and use that to encourage someone else. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. But just extend the grace, extend the love that God has extended to you. God never tells us or, or commands us to do something he first did not initiate for us. He's not that type of God. And through his spirit, through his word, and through Jesus, his son, we have all the encouragement we need. The Holy Spirit, one of his names is the encourager. So what, if it, what would it look like for us to encourage regularly, daily. Number four, make encouragement a daily practice. Maybe that means you need to like make a note somewhere. Maybe you need to put something on your fridge 
Whatever that looks like, an alarm on your phone, encourage someone today. Every time that you, whatever, you and God figured that out. But maybe you just need to make it a regular practice. And it could be sending a note. It could be an email. It could be a conversation. It could be a phone call. It could be a text. But whatever you say, be specific and be simple and be honest and point that person, their heart towards God. That's the purpose as you instill courage in them. And as you do, you yourself will be refreshed. I want to close our time together by having you watch just a small sample of what this might look like and how God has used encouragement in someone's life here as a part of our church family. Watch this video. And you know, in this era of texts and tweets and everything, a handwritten note has an extra added impact. It's kind of a lost art form. But nobody gets anything in the mail anymore. Yeah. Except junk. And so... So when you get something in the mail that's a handwritten note from somebody, it, it stands out even more. The impact of that, I think, is, is compounded by how unique and how rare it is. So I always had a stationary addiction and loved writing cards. But I would say that I wouldn't have viewed that I had a card ministry until about five years ago. Um, I had a pretty major surgery five years ago, and I, I was pretty much trapped in our bedroom. I wasn't really allowed to leave very much. Um, I, I wasn't very steady on my feet, and so I really just prayed about how the Lord could use me in this season, and I started to pray the prayer, Lord, okay, open my eyes to those around me that need encouragement. And I'm telling you, when you pray that prayer, <laughs> It's unbelievable that you start to see people in your life that maybe you haven't noticed before or um, acknowledging uh, hardworking people that just don't get enough credit in this world that we live in. And so I started making a list of all those that I thought needed encouragement. Uh, it's kind of been a word of mouth ministry at this given time, mostly because with COVID we've been limited in, in our gatherings. Watermark Encouragement Team is our official name that we gave ourselves. So we meet right now once a month Every other month, we do uh, thank yous for our ministry partners. Uh, the opposite months, we adopt one of our external ministry partners and uh, write notes of appreciation. People get kind of hung up on it, uh, wanting to say the right uh, exact wording that it needs to be worded correctly and crafted correctly, but I don't think it's about that at all. I think it's really just about taking the time to write a handwritten note and encourage somebody and appreciate somebody for uh, what they're doing to serve and that we're recognizing that. So I think it's more about that that anybody could really be a part of. You know, I've had the privilege to receive a card from Tammy and the encouragement team here at the church. And can I tell you, it's, it was simple, but it was clear and it was powerful, and it's filed away in my file. And I'm going to go back to that. Tammy is actually out by the Connection Center. There's a table out there with some sample cards, and she has a sign-up as well. If you're interested in being a part of maybe as a first step or a next step, that you say, man, I, I have this gift. I would love to be involved with something like that. You can go out and see her, ask her some questions, and be a part of that, or even just give you some ideas of what it could look like. She has the gift of encouragement. There's something about it that I just want to be around people like her. So what if for us as a church family, as we end our time together, I want to ask you these questions. When was the last time that you wrote an encouraging note to somebody else? When was the last time that you had an encouraging conversation with your spouse, 
your kids, a neighbor, a friend? Or when was that last time that you had an intentional word, a conversation with somebody that you interact with all the time just to encourage them? And I got to say this, before you make a post or comment on social media, what if you asked yourself this question, is what I'm about to say encouraging? We can either add to the chaos or we can change the world that we live in by how we live and how we love. Our words have power, tremendous power. How are you using them? Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you that you care for us, that you love us, that you initiated a relationship with us and you gave us your spirit, the encourager to walk with us, to remind us, to instill courage in us that there is something bigger going on Help us not to get sucked into this world and this deceitfulness, but to keep our eyes on you. And through your encouragement to us, may we overwhelm with encouragement to pour out encouragement to others naturally because of what you've done for us. And God, may people know that it's you in us. And maybe there'll be significant conversations this week, beginning today because of your spirit alive in us. God, we love you and we thank you. May your kingdom come in our words. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand as we sing together.